You're listening to the Small Business Talk podcast with Kathy Smith. Small Business Talk is a podcast for business owners and entrepreneurs who want a better way to run their businesses without spending years doing it the hard way. Small Business Talk is hosted by Kathy Smith, who has run the same marketing agency for more than 17 years and helped hundreds of business owners achieve their marketing goals. Welcome to Small Business Talk, episode 112. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to turn the tables. Recently, Alan Stevens, an international profiler and communications specialist, interviewed me, Kathy Smith, on his podcast. So we're going to replay that today. You can find Alan at alanstevens.com.au. And today's topic is the importance of building business relationships. I hope you enjoy it. Hi there, Alan Stevens, International Profiling and Communication Specialist. And today I'm here with Kathy Smith, who is the Attraction Maven at Catco Enterprises Marketing Experts and Podcaster. How are you, Kathy? I'm very well, thank you, Alan. It's been good to get you here because we've been talking off and on about business and that we've shared a bit of information along the way. And I really wanted to highlight what it is that you do and it's about how you look after your clients. Tell us a little bit about yourself, first of all. I'm Kathy Smith, as you said. I've been in business now for 20 years and my business is all about connecting with people, making sure that you are actually building relationships. I'm in web design and digital marketing. So relationships in digital marketing is really critical. And we've noticed that over the, the last 12 months in particular, because even though we're online, people still like to do with pe- deal with people that they know, like and trust. Yeah, and that's one of the biggest issues. I know that a lot of people out there are selling. This is one of the reasons why I like talking to businesses like you, people I've spoken to before who I know who are focused on their clients because at the end of the day, nobody's interested in what you do until they uh, really know how much you care and how much you're able to help them build a relationship. So tell us a little bit more about how you're doing your work and who you actually work with. Okay, and that is very true, Alan, because 68% of customers leave because they don't think you care. It's not that you're building a, a bad product or designing something that doesn't suit them or even the competition. And a lot of times it even doesn't get down to price. It's that perception that you don't care. So yeah, we do a range of different things for our clients to make sure that we're showing their customers that they care. So things like doing um, little things on the website that makes it far easier to, for them to navigate, making sure that they get the information they want without having to go 15 clicks down and they've actually forgotten what they were there for in the first place. So that can be really a big problem with digital is you get on there and you're looking for something and suddenly you see that pretty white rabbit and next to that is a little shiny object and before you know it, you've actually forgotten what it was that you were actually looking for in the first place. So making sure that your website is really easy to navigate is much better for customer experience and it stops them getting that sort of um, rabbit hole traps that can often occur. And how often do you find that, um, you know, when you look at websites that you find that there's uh, a lot of improvements can be done to them? Majority of them. 
Um, unfortunately, people think that you build one, a website and you leave it and you forget it and you never come back to it. But just like mobile phones, they need to be updated quite often because the technology changes as well as what your customers are perceiving. So once upon a time, sending an email newsletter once a month was mm. a great way to do things. These days, we get so much spam in our email that unless you're really targeting the right people and they really love you, most of those email newsletters are going to go by the wayside. So a lot of things that were commonplace even six months ago, 12 months ago with our really changing um, year that we've had are no longer relevant. So we need to keep the websites updated. We need to make sure that they're clear and concise and we need to keep up with your customers' expectations. Yeah, because I know that on a daily basis, I'm getting emails from you know, people from all over the world talking about, you know, improving the SEO. And um, even though I've had, you know, I've had people who have improved the SEO, then within a few days, I've got more of those emails coming through. How do you know if you've got a good one, if you've got somebody who really knows what they're talking about and so they just aren't, aren't spamming you? Most of those emails that you get cutting, coming through are just cut and paste. So we get access to a lot of different clients, of course, and we will get 10 or 15 of those identical emails day after day. And the only difference is that they've changed the URL. So majority of the time, they're not relevant. They write them in gobbledygook, so you can't understand what they're saying. So mm. suddenly you see this whole list of things that it says that your website needs. So that becomes a real concern. So how do you tell? Well, Ask around, ask other people who have worked with those people. That's always a, a good thing, testimonials and reviews. Have a look at their work. See if their work looks good. Google it. If you're looking for a business coach in a certain area, does that come up if that's something that was listed on their website? So just have a, a bit of a, a five-minute spending research and checking out what it is actually that you're looking at. Now with reviews, we of course have lots of keyboard cowboys, mm -hmm. so they can um, write whatever they like, but you'll get a feel of whether they're real. And if you do see a bad review, especially on Google, click on the person's name and it will tell you if they've done other reviews. So if every mm -hmm. single review they've written has been negative, well, mm -hmm. maybe it wasn't quite the, the person that they were reviewing that was the issue. Yeah, and that's something you know, you're right. You do need to check those things out. And I know that um, when the people are going to your site and they're having a look and they're making comments, knowing who you're actually talking to, and that's the thing is doing the research. A lot of people will listen to what somebody says and then go and make a judgment on somebody else. But you've really got to do your checking beforehand yes. and make sure that the person who's telling you something or what you're reading their review or whatever that they are who they say they are. So before you even look at the person they're talking about, you've got to look at them. Yes, absolutely. And you've also got to think about the experience they had as well. Mm -hmm. So if they were unrealistic in what they wanted to happen, if they wanted to buy a Mercedes but they only had money for a Mini, well, they're never going to, that's not going to match up. So you need to sort of look at the comment that they've made and then see if the actual owner has come back and commented as well, because it may have just been a total communication misunderstanding, or sometimes if there's a whole stack of them that are the same, particularly with things like cafes, then you can get a feeling that, yes, that business is maybe not where you want to go, or they've just had a run of bad luck. 
you know, as I say, well, if you're, if you're listening to somebody when they're talking, you know, we've quite often we've heard somebody who said everything that sounded right, but with that, that gut feeling that something was wrong, you know, things weren't right there. And that's us picking up the nonverbals, you know, the tone of voice, the expressions, the body language, etc., that tell us that, hey, that doesn't co correlate with the words themselves. The words don't match, and we'll always go with the um, nonverbals. When it comes to online, really it's then seeing that, repetition in what they've done as you said that's their actions yes so you can still see their actions but you're going to have to go looking for the, to see the actions itself not just read the words that they've put up look at the consistency as you said absolutely and look at what other people are saying as well so see if you can actually google the business owner's name and see what's coming up under that of course you want to make sure that you get the correct business owner because having a name like mine kathy smith you you can come up with thousands of them and some are maybe not so good and um yeah one of them actually was the wife of somebody who shot a, shot a president so we won't go there but yeah just making sure that you do have the correct person the other thing that that leads into too is checking your socials see what they're mm. posting on their socials um, particularly Facebook and LinkedIn. If they've got a really strong business page on LinkedIn, then you can see where they're going with that as well. It mightn't be so relevant for some industries, but certainly if you're looking at a business-to-business -business relationship, LinkedIn's a great place to have a look. Mm. Yeah, because it is the, uh, the biggest uh, business directory in the world. I think it's about 600 million uh, businesses on there at the moment, or business people. Yes, that's correct. Uh, we can find them on there. But it is very much a case of do your due diligence, check around and make sure you've got it right. But it's a, I always think of uh, when I'm looking at uh, different sites, the person who runs that site as well, you know, look at the reviews. As you said, has the owner made comments back? What's their, their response been as well? Because that'll tell you more about them. But it's uh, looking at the, the person who's written it, the person who's written back, if they've written back. And it's all about relationships. It comes back to see how they relate to each other and therefore the person who you who is your client so who are the people that you work with what's a, a typical client for you so i'll answer your first question first the, the part of that um when you're looking at checking that out and you have done all your, your research and everything make sure you go with your gut if it doesn't feel right it probably isn't hmm. so Follow that through. The other thing that you can do is do a little try before you buy. So if they've got something you can opt into, if they've got a an ebook or a little video course or something like that where you can actually have a little bit of a taster of what that person's like, that's always a good way to do it too. So you can have a little bit of a, a try. Most um, good web designers in particular and a lot of other businesses depending on what you're looking at will have something that you can opt into it might just say sign up and if mm. it's just a, a blanket newsletter then that may not be for you but quite often there'll be a little video series or an ebook or something like that and to the answer the second part of your question we deal with small businesses so generally um Small to medium businesses who have a marketing budget, they're generally our clients. So we do bricks and mortar as well as consultants. 
And our only stipulation is that we only have one person per category in each geographical area. So because we're doing web design and we're doing a component or lots of components, depending mm. on what the people want, of SEO, search engine optimization, we can't put you, Alan, and your competition and three other people, page one, number one. We can mm. only do that once for one geographical mm. area. Other geographical areas, of course, we can do. So that's our stipulation is that we only do one business per mm. category per geographical area. Mm. And that's showing the ethics because if you've got one into the first position, then you've got another client comes on and goes, okay, get me to the first and you went and put got them into the first where you're knocking the other one down his page you to get you into the first position yes. you put them now second uh, and that's a, yeah that's actually happened we um actually picked up a client because of that they were the first of the category for this particular business and then they decided that they would bring in some more people and the other people said well i'll pay you more so then suddenly they're number two and by the end of it they were number four and that's just not ethical in my boat. Yeah, and that's what it, you know, this is part of the relationship building and if you don't have ethics, you don't really have a business. No. And so again, that's something as well. It's why having these conversations and when you know, like you're talking now, you're talking about the ethics of that, I then have a good understanding. So I, you know, I can profile somebody by their facial features and everything else and understand that, their body language and expressions. But for most people who don't have that skill, it's in these conversations that they then get the feedback from someone like yourself when they're talking to them and they work out who's got the ethics and they're the ones that uh, you want to have the relationships with. Absolutely. And the other thing we do is we don't work with people we don't like. So if we can't get a rapport with you, Alan, there's mm. no way I'm going to work with you because it's going to be hard work for you. It's going to be hard work for me. And somewhere down the track, we're going to have a falling out. Mm. So let, let's just see if we can work together right now. We're, we're feeling that we, we've got a connection. We're ha happy with our relationship. Then, yeah, that's a great thing. But if you've got that gut feeling at that very first meeting and they start pushing your buttons, then you're probably best to walk away and find a different provider. That's it. That's actually the way I look at that. That's pretty much part of a, uh, an abundance mindset because realising that don't waste your time with somebody who, as I say, you know, don't spend time with people who just tolerate you. Go where people celebrate you. And so like those that. people you really get along with, work with them because 7.7 billion people on the planet. There's a lot of people out there. We don't have to deal with the ones that we don't like. That might be just a personality clash, you know, maybe good people, but at the end of the day, don't struggle with that. Find the ones that uh, you really uh, enjoy spending time with and, you know, providing a service for. Life's a lot more enjoyable. They're happier, you're happier. Those other people can go and find somebody that they're happy with. And Absolutely. And like you say, it's got nothing to do with the, the person's character. It's just, it, it could be simply a personality clash or it, it could be, just something that they have that doesn't work with you or vice versa. Mm. Oh, that's brilliant. So what other uh, tips would you have for anybody who's um, looking at their, their websites and their social media? So certainly websites is making sure that they continue to update it. So once you've got it built and if you're going to run it yourself, make sure you understand the platform that your website's been built on. Make sure you know what's going on behind the scenes because with websites, there's really two or three different layers. 
So you've got your domain name, which you must, must, must have in your own name. Make sure you have access to that domain name because if something happens to your provider and you can't get hold of that domain name, you've lost all those years of what we call Google juice, which is Google sending the information to you. Now, you can move your website wherever you want, but if you haven't got hold of that domain name, that can be critical. So please, if you don't know if you do have, go and check. It's really important that you do have access to your own domain name and make sure that you're renewing it on time. I had an occasion late last year where a lady had a month out and it came saying your domain's due for renewal. Pretty normal, that happens all the time. Then two days later, she got another email that said, if you don't renew within 24 hours, you will lose access to this domain name. Now, it was in her name, she had it, Mm -hmm. and she was on holidays, and she didn't get the email for 23 hours. She went in, tried to pay the domain, found there was no money on the account, so then she put money on it. By the time she put money on it, the 24 hours had actually lapsed. She lost that domain name. Then she got me involved, and it actually took me a week, bouncing to five different countries, three different um, domain providers, and trying to do it at ungodly hours to, to match up with time zones. We eventually got that back. But in the meantime, her website was down. She had no emails and no access to any of that. So please make sure that you do pay on time and that you do have access to your domains. Another good thing with websites is doing blog articles because then you can continually answer your customers' questions. You can build that relationship with your customers and you can also show Google that your website is being well-maintained, looked after and updated. So they're probably the, the main two is making sure that you are putting stuff on regularly and making sure that you do own your domain name. Excellent. Yeah, because the domain name side of things is um, when you, you know, I've actually set mine up so they automatically renew prior Perfect. to it. Because one of the things is quite often you'll get notification that it's up for renewal in three months. And then you'll start getting those emails on a regular basis and it gets to a point that you just turn blind to them because they're almost like being harassed. And then all of a sudden it go, that should have been done yesterday. Yes, it becomes white noise. The Mm. other thing to be careful of is make sure you know where your domains are registered because Mm. there's a lot of spam and scamming out there where they send you these renewals. They're very expensive. Mm. They normally come through the post, sometimes by email, but generally through the post. And it will say that your email address or your domain name address is due for renewal and it will be a highly inflated price. When you actually look at those, it's not your domain at all. It's something very, very similar. So Mm. by paying that, you're actually registering another domain that's not yours and now you're paying five, six, seven times more than you should for something you really didn't need. So Mm. just know where who your providers are and where things are. Now, when we're talking about social media, it's about consistency, making sure that you're putting a message out there on the regular, but dripping it out. So it's no good saying, okay, I've got some time on Sunday afternoon or Monday morning, I'm going to do 15 posts and put them all out right there and then. 
doing that's great, but just make sure that that's out over the whole week or two weeks rather than just in one day. And that's where people get excited. They go and do all this stuff in one go and then they get bored with it or time runs out or they get busy and then they don't do it again for another month. That's not going to build your social media. I know that a couple of people I work with, they do might spend a Sunday and put all their um, messages together, all the posts that you're going to send out, but then they put it through another party that then drip feeds it out over that period of time and to the different platforms. Is there any, yes. any particular so, ones you'd recommend? For Facebook, use the native scheduling. So the scheduling that is actually within Facebook because Facebook doesn't like third-party scheduling. So there's lots of different ones that you can use. But for Facebook in particular, do it within Facebook. Also now with Facebook, you can actually do Instagram in there as well. Now, the thing with Instagram is that you need to use hashtags and it makes the post look ugly. So the best way to do that is actually schedule your posts, but put a little reminder on your phone to tell you when they're going out so that you can just jump straight into Instagram and put it in as the first comment. So you're still using the hashtags, you're still getting all the benefit, but it just doesn't look quite as ugly and it makes it much better customer experience for people to read. Um, the other ones, LinkedIn, Twitter, they're all fine to use third parties. Just mm. make sure that when you're buying them, that they do actually do the one that you want to do. So with those, it's quite often best to just do, do it as a monthly subscription for the first month. Make sure it works the way you want it to, you like it, because some of them work in different ways. And then if you're happy, then look at maybe doing a yearly or something rather than jumping in boots and all and finding out that the way that they schedule just doesn't suit you. Yeah, that's always good, giving it a bit of a test before you um, your buy side thing, as you say. I didn't know that you could um, actually do the, uh, the staging of it in uh, Facebook. Is that just in the groups, business pages, or can you do it on your personal page as well? So um, I don't think you can do it on your personal page, but you can certainly do it in um, some groups depending on the settings and definitely on your business page. Um, with Instagram, of course, it goes onto your profile. Now, you may have to have it as a business profile, but if you're using it for business, it should be a business profile in Instagram anyway. Okay, there's a lot of good tips in there to, um, to have a look at and get that working. As you said, you know, putting them out in the right order, not putting them all out at once, is um, uh, definitely a way of building the relationship because you see everyone copying everything at once and let's face it, Facebook, LinkedIn and everything goes, don't let everybody in your system only you know, let a small percentage know. And it's getting smaller and smaller and they're pushing for boosting their advertising all the time. So it's, um, you know, having it so it stays, so it's regularly going out. Because as you said, with the emails that are coming out, people sending newsletters and that, I'm getting you know, some from a number of people two or three times a day. Mm. And it's like, after it doesn't take too long before you end up hitting the unsubscribe button. And even if you don't unsubscribe, they just don't get read. They just become white noise yeah. and mm. you're dealing with that. The only thing to be careful of scheduling is just make sure that you're aware of your messaging and what's happening in the world. So if something 
terrible has happened that day, you don't want an overly cheery message going out at 7 o'clock in the morning if something catastrophic has happened. So just be a little bit careful with your scheduling if you're scheduling a long way in advance. Some people get really excited and they'll schedule a whole month's worth, which Mm. is fabulous, but just be a little bit careful, that's all. That's something that, um, yeah, until you mentioned, I hadn't really thought about. But it's definitely something being um, def- uh, really aware of because, yeah, you send out something really cheerful and all of a sudden you find out there's been doom and gloom all around you and you're being cheery. I'm not going to come across too well. It's like you're not connected. And then no. people know that, hey, this is not really you. So you've scheduled this, haven't you? People won't make the connection. They'll just think that you're a bit weird or what's going on. Now, sometimes if there is doom and gloom and it's just a sort of low-level doom and gloom, being cheery might be a good thing because that's lifting people up. But obviously if it's a major catastrophic event, there's been a major shooting or some uh, fire or something really bad, then obviously the, the cheery message is not going to be a... I can grow message for the people. Excellent. Oh, there's some uh, lots of uh, gold in all of that that you've been uh, telling us about. And as you said, having that information means that then we we build the you know the way you work with your clients. You're building a relationship with them. The messaging that we then, as possible clients of yours, with our clients and our network, connecting with them in the way as well. Because everything is relationships. Without the right relationships. Nobody will find out, never bother looking at how good you are at what you do or what you provide. So getting that right relationship and thinking about it and that point of, yes, just check about what you've had processed to go out, you've got scheduled to go out, what's going on today in the bigger world. Yes, and with us, we need to think about our clients' customers, not just our clients. So we Mm. need to keep our client happy, but we need to keep their customers happy because if their Mm. customers are not getting the traction and not buying, then there's no point having us. That's it. So it's it's a broader concept that really means that you have to have your finger on the pulse of understanding your clients and their uh, people as well. Um, And that... Yeah, very much focus on that relationship that you have there. Yes, so, definitely. I can see where when you look at a lot of, the, as I said, the messages I'm getting at the moment from a lot of different organisations, or well, they're approaching me in the wrong way. They haven't even built a relationship yet. They're trying to tell me that everything that's wrong with my uh, platform. And I've had that straight after the day I had um, with the original one put up and all the SEO had been put in place, knowing that, it was a cut and paste of a message they send to everybody, shotgun approach. You've just got to be really careful. And I would always say if anybody gets in contact with you, starts to try and sell, and they haven't built a relationship with you yet, they haven't got the right to try and sell to you. No. Find somebody who can build a relationship and, uh, and work with them, which is sounding the way that uh, you've been explaining everything. That's exactly what you do, which is brilliant. Yes, we do. And I'm very lucky to have my first client that started with me 20 years ago. She's still with me. So um, we, we've done very well. Of course, we've lost different ones in between, mm. sometimes due to relationships as um, people have changed roles in the organisation or it's been bought out. Then mm. sometimes we've actually said to them, sorry, you're not a match mm. anymore. So I think you need a different provider. Mm. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, obviously, build the relation first, the relationship first, and then everything will um, come from there. 
which is absolutely, absolutely true. Okay, well, Kathy, thank you very much for sharing this with us. I'm sure that everybody who's listening in will have got quite a bit out of it. Um, how do they get in touch with you? How do they find you? So the best way is the website, which is catcoint, so C-A-T-C-O-E-N-T.com.au. And if you want to do a little try before you buy, if you put a forward slash plan, we've got a nice little ebook there that um, can walk you through a few steps of things that you can do on your website. Excellent. Well, I'll definitely put that into the notes and um, I think I'll uh, go and have a look at it myself as well and have another look at my website. <laughs> As you said, you've got to stay on top of things. If you don't, somebody else will take that position over. Absolutely. And sometimes it's a case if you've been on top for a long time and then you get a new up-and-coming player and that can be really difficult. So just make sure that you are just keeping an eye on what's going on, making sure that your branding's nice right across so that there's no disconnect, so that when they look at your socials after somebody's done a review, they know it's you. They know it's all the same business and everything's nice and neat right across. Excellent. Brilliant. Okay, well, uh, Kathy, thank you very much for that. Bye. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe to Small Business Talk podcast and head on over to smallbusinesstalk.com.au forward slash downloads for all the show notes and links to this episode. Remember, to be great, you must start. Pick one tip from today's episode, take action and implement it. Let's meet again next week at the same time and place. Until then, take action. And SBT community, enjoy your journey.